You lot are in for a treat on today's show. In moments, you're going to experience a very first on this podcast. You'll know what I mean when it happens. In this episode, we'll be discussing our guest's nine-year journey with public speaking, how you can keep your audience engaged, and how you can also get started with public speaking yourself. Enjoy the show. Well, I've never been serenaded at the beginning of a podcast before, so thank you <laughs> for that. You are back, folks, once more with Chris Stone, the continuous improvement coach on the Virtually Agile podcast. Today's guest is a good friend of mine, my conference and adventure buddy in foreign lands, an agile coach, a facilitator, a keynote speaker who not only serenades me on a podcast, but his audience on stage with his ukulele. He's also a public speaking coach. Welcome to the show, Arta. How are you today? I'm doing greatly. Man, thank you so much for having me. That's amazing. And I just wanted to start in a different way. I've never done that before. I'm like, I watched his podcast and let me do something that I love doing. Music. Yes, I do that in my talk. So why not in the podcast? So thanks for having me. Why not? I love that. I love it. So as I said, it's a new experience for us on the show very unique. It's very, very you. It's that, that, that music springs to mind with you. Your hat springs to mind. And the phrase, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's go, man. I want to ask you a question before we start. All right, do it. How many clones do you have? How many colognes do yeah, I have? Twins. Oh, twins. I thought when you say clones, yeah, I said clones, clones, it's, clones. Shape, it's uh... actually clones, yeah. Okay, so clones are twins, duplicates, yeah, doppelgangers. Yeah, that's, is that that's what you mean? It, yeah. uh, I have no idea. I've, I've had a couple of people say I resemble other people, but yeah. why do you ask? It's not just like you look like someone else. I think they're working for you because you have a podcast, you work at your client, you speak at conferences, you have, a, I don't know, um, cohort and then you have posts every day great content like tell me how many cons do you have man how do you do that man <laughs> uh it's a it's a combination of adhd lack of sleep <laughs> uh needing to needing to do things all the time uh relentless energy a lot of caffeine yeah we're probably probably talking about dysfunctional behavior rather than things to celebrate here after. I know, but it's actually great, man. You're putting a lot of content out there that is very helpful. So I don't know. We shared some beers already. We meet at conferences and you are there like talking to me. And then we go, we are there having lunch and then you meet other people and you still manage to in between find time to like find a great post to put on LinkedIn and then take care of the podcast and then do it. So, you got to share that juice, man. Give, give some of that uh, secret juice for us. <laughs> it's mine. You can't have it. No. I just, uh, it's a, a lot of those things are obviously predetermined, pre-planned ahead of time. So I, I can't physically be in two locations at once. So I'm not, I'm not literally going and having a break for a coffee and then writing a post on the fly. It's, it's something scheduled and thought about in advance, you know, good planning, good planning. Good. Anyway, so it's great to have you on the show. Did you notice the rebrand art? Obviously, the, the, the brand for me has always been the virtual agile coach, but I'm increasingly focusing more on continuous improvement rather than just agility. What are your thoughts? Hmm. I saw you even made a poll about that. I think it makes sense. And I think we also we quickly discussed that. I believe that indeed there are many people using agile coach in a weird way and maybe not representing correctly. And it's not a bad intention, right? It's just like, I name myself one thing and I keep doing things that might not be on the same direction or what is expected from that specific role. 
And that's one of the reasons why you changed. Am I correct? It's like, yeah, this name is already like a bit, it's fuzzy words here and there, maybe misunderstanding and I want to change. Yeah, there's a, there's a few things that drove it. It was a, a consequence of my observations that agile has so many meanings these days. Yeah. And if you position yourself as an agile coach begin to begin with, when you meet someone new, they might have an expectation as to what you do that may be false because they've based upon what they've seen elsewhere or what they've seen from others. And that might not be the case. It's a, it's a consequence of my belief that people don't necessarily care about agile. They care about outcomes and results. And agile is a fantastic way of helping you get there, but it's not the destination. Mm -hmm. It's part of the journey. And to me, what everyone cares about is improvement and continuous improvement. It doesn't matter which company you are, whether you're software, whether you're in engineering, you care about improvement. So that to me seems like a, a worthwhile starting point to focus upon over Agile itself. It doesn't mean I'm turning my back on Agile. It doesn't mean I'm saying I don't believe in it. It just means that there is more to me than Agile. I leverage my skills in facilitation, in systems thinking, in change management, in project management, dare yeah. I say, in, uh, in, in Agile techniques as well to help your clients achieve their outcomes. So that's, uh, that's the driver behind it. And it's already official? Did it change on your LinkedIn or are you already using? Yeah. Currently, as, as of like a week ago, I put on there. I'm just going to see how it goes. All right. Anyway, we're not here to focus on that side of things today. Between Arthur and I, we are both pretty, pretty accomplished at, at speaking on stage, at conferences, within companies. And uh, the, the focal point today is going to be about that public speaking in the agile space. Before that, however, Arthur's shared some of his music with us and he shared a little anecdote about he and I speaking and then having beers together. But what about you, Arthur? How did you get to where you are today? What's your journey been like? I started nine years ago. That was one of the worst talks I've ever uh, had, ever. Nobody knew what was the content about, so it was not well managed expectations. Five minutes in, somebody said, Arthur, I'm dizzy, man. I'm about to throw up. Can you stop? Not because the content was that bad, because it was an introduction to Agile and Scrum, but I was using Prezi. It's an alternative for PowerPoint. And you can zoom in, zoom out, I and twist. Yeah. I got so hyped. I was zooming in and out and twisting around and going. And five minutes in, somebody's like, I'm a man. That's, I'm, a, I'm getting sick here. And there were so many texts and bullet points there. It was crazy. I was reading. I could actually just pass the slides and let them read. And then I said, like, okay, but I need to do that more often. It's not just now, because I like it. It's something, it's a way to share back to the community. So I cannot stop now. Let's see other ways to improve that. And that's what I'm doing in the last nine years. Um, I start sharpening first. Okay, let, let me see how I just reduce a little bit of text on the slides. All right, cool. Let's see how I can actually start submitting to conferences. Where do I find these conferences and what is called call for papers? So you can submit a proposal. And I started submitting a hundred sessions per year, getting like five accepted. And then it's like, yeah, it was a victory. Every single one of them, I would send the proposal and I'll be waiting like, you know, for your birthday, you're like waiting for your birthday gift. I'm like, okay, yeah. um, thank you for your submission. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. But we regret to say that you're not selected. Turn around every now and then. <laughs> but let's go to the next one. So that's what I'm still doing. Hello, darkness, my old friends. I've come to talk with you again. But when one was selected, I'm like, oh, yes. And I'm going to give this talk the best possible I can. I'm going to rehearsal. I'm going to try things. And I'm going to make sure that the audience is leaving my session. And that's what I have every single talk. At least the intent is really what I'm uh, having every time that I'm investing preparing my talks is the conference will leave my session feeling like it was a Pink Floyd concert. Just there was an airplane coming from behind and then the walls start falling. What the heck is going on? One hour past like 10 minutes. Woo, let's go. And concrete takeaways that people can use the day after. So it's a big pleasure. That's why I use music in my sessions and interaction and storytelling and trying to keep them engaged because um, if they're not engaged, whatever the message you're giving, they're going to be like, do I have to buy beans for the dinner tomorrow? 
I don't know. So that's my passion. It's what I'm doing in the last nine years. I spoke in more than 23 different countries, more than 100 conferences, some keynotes, and developed 20 different uh, talks. And I had 973 different mistakes and lessons learned. <laughs> so many moments that I'm like, I love that you've counted them. <laughs> and and counting, they don't stop. Mistakes, yeah, and continue, and yeah, they keep going. And that's a really important thing to highlight is that you may be experienced. You may have been doing this for nine years. You will still make mistakes. You will still yeah. fuck up, right? I was on stage in Orlando about a month ago, and I was there acting as a protege. So my role was to uh, introduce someone I've been mentoring to speak for the first time, right? Sally, right? She was fantastic. She nailed it. But what I did is I went on stage and I was introducing her what her talk was going to be about, a little bit about her backgrounds. And I was the first person to introduce one of these, these new voices, these protégés. And I stumbled on my words. And I basically said, look, there we go, folks. Even experienced people make mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, I kind of, I just acknowledged that. I said, look, we all fuck up. We all make mistakes. It's okay. Yeah. Everyone's supportive. I'm glad I made that mistake because it gave you a reminder that, hey, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. And it's okay for you to do that as well. And I'd love to say after that was planned, like I intentionally made a mistake to make my <laughs> protégés and the, the newer voices look good, but it genuinely wasn't. It was just me, me messing up. So it does, it does still happen. We all make mistakes. We're not infallible. Yeah. But the important thing is that we learn from those errors and we focus on how we can be better next time. I also want to highlight some of the things you said about your, your talks there. You've been on a journey. It wasn't easy. The first one was awful. You've practiced, you've experienced, you've, you've refined it to the point where now you aim for uh, those attending your sessions for it to be an experience, something that passes the time really quickly. Then their, their mind isn't wandering to other things. So they're engaged throughout and they're importantly left with things they can do immediately afterwards rather than just being talked at or just shown mm -hmm. examples of what good look like. They can actually leave with something they can do today, tomorrow, with their teams, with their companies to help them. So really powerful messages there. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. And We've I mean, one thing I like to say, I started also doing mentoring this year. It's something I'm procrastinating for three years. I blame the pandemic, uh, whatever, but I just postponed. And I started finally this year and I'm really feeling a lot of pleasure and fulfillment by helping others the same way that you said like we also do mistakes but like we went through the jungle and we can help others to create their own path and have fun because i think what is very important is you're going to start speaking or you are already speaking it shouldn't be like a checkbox <laughs> i spoke but never again oh my god i'm out of this i'm like stage mm -hmm. allergic like the same that people can be allergic to agile maybe another topic Shouldn't be that way, right? You should have fun when finding new topic for your session, when submitting it, when providing it and afterwards, and then you iterate and you keep on moving and that. So I started doing this, this mentoring sessions. And one thing that I like to say is more like a question. What is the one job of a stand-up comedian? That's the question. The one job and everybody else there. Stand-up yeah. comedian. Yeah. The one job of stand-up comedian. I think the, the, the obvious answer that most people will think is to make people laugh, right? The obvious answer. I don't think that's the actual answer. It, that's a consequence. The answer is to enter in. It's a consequence, right? Yeah. It's for people to enjoy themselves. It's to enjoy their time for it to be an experience. Not necessarily the, the joke itself. That's the, the consequence. The, the outcome is them enjoying themselves. And how they can laugh and enjoy themselves and have, have fun. What should be happening constantly throughout the whole five minutes or one hour? You should be engaged. Yes, 100%. How? I mean, I'm a stand-up comedian. I have just one microphone. I have no wig. I'm not like a character. I don't have slides. I don't have flip charts. It's just a microphone speaking. Sometimes not even. If you are not varying your voice, telling nice stories, doing body movements or telling in different ways that you are not inviting people to 
check their WhatsApp or think like, did I reply my boss or, or not? If you keep people engaged, then the fun will come. Otherwise, they're not going to pay attention. The punchline comes, set up, set mm -hmm. up. I start telling punch. They're like, uh, okay, uh, did I close the door when I leave home? I mean, that should be the first one, right? And the, the ways to do that is how can we reduce being nervous? That's one of the things that we can discuss as well. Because if you're nervous, it's more likely that you are distracting them. And then they're like, okay, that, eh, I don't know what is happening. And remember that your energy equals people or the audience energy. So mm -hmm. if you're centered and grounded and you're talking really confidently and that is your type of energy, they are going to be feeling the same. And probably is what you're feeling right now when I speak like that. My energy is a little bit crazier. <laughs> I go around, I tell stories, and I body movement. Everybody has a different style, right, of having mm -hmm. a presentation, giving a presentation. But remember that your energy equals the audience energy. And therefore, they should be feeling engaged. And you can use voice changes. And you can change the volume of a voice. You can talk way louder like this. And you can still whisper. But my pitch is the same. But I can say, what the heck? You're crazy. This is wild. You can play with the voice. And you can also play with the rate. Because if I keep playing just like this, and I keep talking like this for my whole session, and that's how Agile should be implemented, and that's the experience we had, and we really had fun. First, we started with one team, and then we went to the second, and then my boss, you probably want to kill me right now just by this example, and imagine, so one hour, people read bang, 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 yeah, they are like... So it's not about the default voice, it's about the transition. Because when you're, our brains, our brains are lazy, Chris, isn't it, man? Our brains are lazy. As soon as our brains detect that something you keep the same, it shuts down or invests less energy for that. Remember the first time you were but driving we are, a car. First time driving a car, right? Com completely focused. 100% focused. And now you're talking to your friend, hopefully not on the mobile, on the speaker. You're changing music and you're talking about tomorrow. You're talking about work. And you say your friend, and hey, well, how are you doing? Focus on the road, huh, everybody. But you do it more naturally because your brain is doing that more automatically. So if you don't vary. Right, so what we're talking about here, we're talking about approaches to keep the audience engaged. Right. So you've highlighted a number of these right now. You've talked about the way you can use your voice to keep people engaged rather than a monotone, rather than saying the same thing in the same way, yeah. at the same pace. And which, because our brains are pattern recognition machines, as you say, they start to switch yeah. off and, and focus less. You can vary the pitch, the inflection, you can change the pace. There's lots of ways of altering things depending on what you're talking about and depending on the, the, the part of the talk you're delivering, you might want to be having a, a certain inflection as you lead towards maybe an interactive part of the session where people have to be high energy. You might want to have uh, things starting to tailor down a bit as you want to, people to sink into a really important thing you want them to take away. So slower to land the point with the pause. Yeah. So they, they reflect on it and then they're not distracted by new words. There's lots of ways you can use your voice to keep people engaged and land the message home. That's it. We touched on nerves. We touched on nerves. Okay. Really great topic. Huge one that comes up when people ask me about public speaking. Do you get nervous? You know, how do you feel on stage? What's your perspective on ner uh, nerves then? So you, you delivered your first talk nine years ago. Do you still get nervous today? I do. I do. I yeah. still feel nervous. And that's okay to feel nervous because nervous comes from Latin. That means nerves, fiber. And it's also used as, uh, or it was used as power, energy. So being nervous means your body's telling you, wake the heck up. Whatever is about to happen is important. And you've got to be ready. So you have more adrenaline being released. Your blood is being pumped faster. You are waking up because if you don't care about public speaking, you are going to go there and you're going to, uh, what am I going to do tomorrow? You know? uh, so, hey, everybody, my name is Arthur. And yeah, that's it. Uh, today we're going to talk and you wouldn't feel like this energy. I'm not saying that you have to be nervous because it's all about the sweet spot. Your body's waking you up. So let's first see nervousness with a different lens. We good with that? That's your body waking you up. That's important. All right. But there are many levels of being nervous. 
Sometimes we do a mistake at the very beginning of our session. And here comes the feedback loop from hell, downward spiral, vicious circle. You do a mistake. So my name is Arthur Margonari. I come from Brazil and I, I live in, I, I, uh, you know, I live in Belgium. I live in Brussels. And then you're like, uh-oh, I did a mistake. Because I did a mistake, I'm nervous. Now they see that I'm nervous. When I get nervous, my mouth is going to get dry. When my mouth is going to get dry, now I can pick my, where, where the heck is my water? Now, okay, okay, now we are down the hill from here. The agile thing, I'm by the traumatic experience. So we don't want you there. We, we don't want to be there, nobody. And that's why there are many things that we can do to reduce that. First, we see nervousness as being ready. That's a good thing for you. Wake up, let's go. Secondly, there are many things that you can do up front to reduce feeling nervous at the beginning. I call it being into the zone. Michael Phelps kind of stuff, you know, like high level athletes and professionals, when they're going to do something, they're getting into the zone. That means they're not thinking about tomorrow uh, work. They're not thinking about the email. They're not thinking about the, the fight they had with the neighbor. They are there in the zone. What I do to be in the zone, it varies a little bit, but normally goes on that direction. I know my first five minutes by heart. So I can deliver from the heart. I'm still going to make this famous at some point. But know by heart so you can deliver from the heart. What do I mean by that? I see myself walking, doing my ukulele weird stuff, cracking a joke, and then passing the first one and doing that and explaining. And I imagine and I rehearsal. So I feel super nervous. On, uh, I feel super comfortable and not nervous on that first five minutes. Because the first five minutes, you are inviting the audience for a ride. You are the driver. The audience, you are inviting them. Hey, hey everybody, thanks for joining my session. Want to join my ride? Yeah? All right, okay, cool, let's, let's go. The ideal is like you are set up. The, the mirror is fine, and you know how to drive that car. The music is playing nice. Hey, everybody, make yourself comfortable. We have some candies there. You have water. Fasten the seatbelt because this is going to be a great really awesome ride. Let's go. Let's go. And then we go. But if they enter your car and you're like, uh, hey, I, uh, hey, everybody, how many people? Okay, cool. Uh, let me just adjust the mirror here. Oh, shit. It's a shift stick. It's been a long time. Okay, let me just adjust the chair. They are not really going to feel like going to their ride or they are, they will, but they're going to be like, eh, how it's going to be like. So that's one thing. Know this first five minutes, but be ready to adjust if if things go like just differently. I'm not saying do the five minutes exactly as you plan. <laughs> I think as an agile coach, I'll be uh, very paradoxical right now, but at least you know the five minutes and you adjust if needed. Have a glass of water before, wear comfortable clothes, drink a coffee or a green tea that doesn't have a lot of caffeine or a Red Bull if you actually need to wake up because you had a bad night's sleep. Go over your session that you know the flow in case the slides just, I don't know, you, you're using slides and it goes off. Just know the flow so you can tell the story because it's all for the audience. And another thing I do normally, I put some water on cold water on the face and on the nape that it goes down my spine and it's like, whoo, all right, whoo, I'm ready, I'm ready, let's go. All right, bit of adrenaline, a bit of adrenaline just, when, just, we, when sorry, you and just, I jumped into yeah. the, the cold war in Finland. That's it. Oh, man. I'm going to show the video. Here. Here is Chris uh, half naked. And sometimes... <laughs> I just wanted to conclude because I'm talking too much. Sorry, man. The last thing is sometimes we actually need the opposite. We just need to be grounded and take just 10 seconds to hear our heartbeat or count the breath because we are already too excited. So we just need to calm down. Whatever is your routine to be in the zone, go for it, test, and it's going to vary here and there. Um, but that's it. I said so many things. Let me drink water, man. I'm too passionate. Uh, I'm just so you you, you pra practice, practice what you're saying there. Just ground yourself a moment. Take a sip of water. Get some cold water if you need to. But you've, you've highlighted a number of things that can help people with nerves on the day. Yeah. So you've got kind of grounding, grounding techniques to be present. You've got getting yourself in the zone to begin with nailing the first five minutes and how great that feels afterwards 
It's a bunch of things you can do. For awareness, if anyone's not spoken at a conference before, many conferences offer quiet rooms for speakers. So you are able to go to this room, decompress a little bit away from the hustle and bustle and the noise, and you can get yourself in the zone. So that's something that you might not be aware of if you haven't been to a conference before. They, they tend to cater for these things. But the summary or the most important thing I'd probably highlight there is that it's kind of knowing where you are and finding what works for you. Because it isn't a one size fits all. Some people use nerves to, to energize themselves, to wake themselves up. I don't really get nervous. I get kind of anticipation and it's the anticipation that, that fuels me. And I, I'm not someone who heavily practices my sessions beforehand because I trust my ability to wing it on the fly and, and still provide value as I do so. But that's just me and that's my, my style. So we've kind of got you got to find your own style, the way you present things and find what centers you and then use that to yeah. quell those nerves. All right. Yeah, and there are too many things that I, I didn't mention. The first thing I keep in my mind repeating again and again is who am I doing this for? And at least for me, I'm always thinking it's for them. People, I, they are investing their time, their money, they are there in their session. So how can I make it the best experience possible for them? So I keep repeating that because it's not about me. If they are happy, the organizers are happy, and then I can be happy. So that's the first one. It's about them. It's about them and about the message. It's not about how I'm looking. It's not about that. So it's about them. How to give this message the most clear way. And another thing that I do that's way smaller than that by comparison, English is clearly not my first language, as you can see. Many mistakes here and there. I'm still struggling. I learned that eight years and a half ago when I moved to Belgium. Uh, it was even worse. But one thing I do is I talk to people at some point before my session. I still go to a quiet room. I still have my mindful moment, but I practice to wake up my tongue. Otherwise, I'm like, I wake up, silence, I eat, I go to the session, my tongue is that, that, that. It's not my first language. So I also try to warm it up. And I think going to what you're saying, Chris, you are the exception. Man. You are the exception. You're a very confident guy. You're very calm and you can go there and wing it. And I mean, it's, I don't know how many times you gave the session as well. So when is a new talk, I think there is also a difference when it's brand new talk is fresh from the oven. We got to know the flow. We got to at least like rehearsal that specific point that we really want the audience to go and take away. So it can be painful at first when you try to rehearsal and you have a timer and you're like, oh man, I'm doing so many mistakes. That's okay. You're taking a freaking guitar for the first time. And then you're like, ah, when have we ever learned a new skill that we felt super great? We always feel something. Exactly. We always feel like it. So it's about practicing and then you're like, okay, so and then we do the first one. It's like, okay, 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 we good, we good. And then you start seeing the flow of your talk and you're like, oh, but I can also add that interaction there. <gasps> what if I tell this story in between? Oh, I could crack a joke here. That's why I like to rehearsal. So I change and I improvise as so whenever possible, but I can spice my talks. Mm -hmm. And I see the talks as a flat line. By default, every talk is a flat line. Beep. Boring, not engaging. Beep. Change of voice. Beep. Wait, what? Storytelling. Okay. Oh. Joke. Mm, okay. Body movement. Uh, visual. And again, changing the voice and going. And if you can have as many beeps as possible in your talk, it's how you keep people engaged. I see, man. You want to take a sip of water? Awesome. Well, yeah, we've, we've, we've hinted at loads of things you can do to keep you Talk engaged, too much. and it's great to keep anchoring back towards those. You're not talking too much, don't worry. One of the things that I wanted to, to highlight for a moment was you mentioned focusing on them, right? The value you're providing, the person listening. So if you think about Agile, we talk about customer centricity. The people listening to your talk are your customers, so you should try and focus on them. And one of the things that I see a lot of speakers I'm not going to say fail with, but maybe over-focus on. And you've probably seen this as well. You go to a session at a conference, and the first 10 minutes, that speaker talks about themselves and their background and their books and all, all the stuff relating to that. And I understand that it can help with building credibility, 
and telling people, hey, why you should listen to me to begin with. My perspective is, is if they've chosen to be there, there's enough information shared ahead of time for you to know who that person is. There isn't as much of a need to focus on you when you're speaking. When I'm speaking on stage, I show a visual, a simple visual showing what I'm about. And I might allude to the fact that I'm a trainer, a speaker, and I've been around for over a decade. And then I just move on to the session because that's what I add values to them. Not talking about me, but sharing things that help them. So I think that's something that's probably worthwhile bearing in mind. Focus on the people listening to your sessions, your, your talks, and make sure it adds value to them. Now, let's talk about the biggest failure you've ever had on stage. So we, we, we've heard about your story from, from day one and you, you almost made someone vomit. Maybe that's hyperbole, who knows? But you were, uh, you were using that's the, the fancy new tool, Prezi. Yeah, just a warm up. We all make mistakes. What's been the biggest one from you? And just to lead by example, I'll share, I think I've shared one of mine a moment ago. I'll share another one. I was on stage in uh, Serbia at a conference in a big opera house. And towards the end, I'd just finished talking about failure and someone came to me and said, hey, Chris, your flies have been open this whole time. And I, I was still mic'd up at this point and I said to everyone, hey, you could have told me, we've just been talking about failure. I could have had, you could have told me this folks, what's going on? And someone responded beautifully with, I thought it was a feature, not a bug. And I was like, that was, that was good, sir. Well played, well played. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a requirement, uh, we, we agreed before. <laughs> How about you? Let me recover of that one. <laughs> 2016, Portugal. Not really experienced. I think I had like two years or three years of, uh, of experience. 300 people. My laptop was crap. It was an old one. Can I say crap here? You're going to beep. You're going to beep. Yeah, you can swear as much as you like. I'm not going to beep you out. Crap is okay. No, crap. Say, swear more. Swear more. Go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop here. No, I'm gonna stop here. I'm already. It was very bad laptop. And the only way it would work would be plugged in the electricity. The battery had burned some days ago. But of course, you always have breaks in between. So, okay, it's an old laptop. It would take a few minutes to turn on. But that's what I was doing, um, at least in my mind. That's how I would do it. I would go there, plug it. It would be turning on. People would be coming in. Happy, no? Okay. The speaker before me, by the way, that's another recommendation. Go to your room that you're going to speak. Look around, see how the other speakers are sounding like, how people are, uh, are uh, not behaving, but the, the disposal of the room and the microphone and the slides. Have an understanding of the room. Imagine yourself and test your equip equip equipment as soon as possible. Not just like I'm going to say right now. Because I was there. I was looking at the other speaker. Great talk. I'm going to have my break now so I can plug my laptop, right? Uh, round of applause to Mark here. Thank you so much. And now coming from uh, Belgium, but it's a Brazilian guy directly. Hey, let's go, Arthur. Welcome on the stage. I'm like, no, 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 That's not, no, 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 no. So I was dead inside, but smiling outside. And then what did I do? And at the time that I was walking to the stage, I'm like, I need to improvise. I need to improvise. What do I do? What do I do? So I said, okay, I'm going to facilitate an energizer or an activity with them while my laptop is turning on because it's normally three minutes to turn on. So I did it. And luckily I found an energizer that was linked to the, to the topic, right? By the way, always invite your audience. Never say, now you stand up and hug your neighbor. I mean, I'm Brazilian. I could do that. But many people would feel that you are invasive. So invite your audience. I invite you to stand up and form pairs and trios. It's okay if you don't want to participate, but if you will, we're going to really learn by doing. Close parenthesis. So I did this exercise. It was great. I started talking. I saw my laptop turning on. We're good. I was doing the introduction. And all of a sudden, everybody started looking above me. Like on the screen. And they're like... <laughs> I'm like, okay, what, 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 what is happening? And when I look there, it's like Windows update, 1%. 3%. So I wanted to flush my head in the toilet and I clearly told Windows, please don't update when I don't want and I was postponing, but Windows said, ah, this guy is giving, he's 
first talks. I think it's a good moment. Yeah, let's activate. So what did I do? I just pulled the HDMI. So all right, let's go freestyle. I pulled the HDMI and I asked the, the host there to keep on trying and see when it, whenever it will be ready. And I give my whole session without sweats. That's why I come back to the preparation. Know the flow of your session. Know the storyline. Even if you miss one thing here and there, it's about them. So how can you still give value to your audience without slides, right? And now it's very wonderful. It's a lesson learned, I'm telling you in a good way. But I finished my session. I still showed some pictures. I had time to show some visuals. Oh, remember, that's the room I was talking about, cool. All right, any questions? Cool, thank you so much, everybody. I went to the toilet and I stayed in front of the mirror like this for, for I, I, I don't know, a good five minutes, just like this on the sink, like, do I flush my head in the toilet or not? What, what am I doing here? Why, why, why? I didn't have backup. I didn't send to them up front. Why am with this laptop? And then another speaker entered the, the bathroom and said, man, it was pretty good. I couldn't do that. I really need my slides as a support. Well done, man. It was, and it was engaging. It was nice. I'm like, okay. All right. And then another guy said, okay, man, pretty good. Good. I'm like, okay. Did I need to go through that? No. It's beautiful to tell a story later, right? Comedy is tragedy plus time. Comedy is tragedy plus time. For me, that moment was tragedy. I wasn't laughing back then. Now I can laugh, I can tell a joke, but I mean, we can always avoid it. You said you have another one. You want to share another blunder? Another, another failure of mine. It's not necessarily related to public speaking, but I use it to highlight, uh, highlight failure. And we all make mistakes and that's okay. So I, I, I've, I've talked about on stage all the time. You've heard the story, I'm certain. The example of when the most unprofessional thing I did in the workplace was me being on a call that I was kind of half paying attention to. And uh, I don't want to hear it again. You tell voice them. Note, you I tell was, them. Yeah, I, I was, I was, vo I was voice noting, <laughs> I was voice noting uh, a lady friend of mine at the time, describing very vividly what she and I were going to be doing together that evening, very explicitly. And then I heard the, what was that, Chris? And Arthur, my, my soul left my body. You know, I, yeah, just my, it just sunk. And I thought, fuck, what have I done? But apart from a few laughs, apart from one guy who liked to bring it up every now and then, and, and so he should, it wasn't an issue. It didn't, it didn't stop me succeeding. It hasn't stopped me succeeding. I continued that client yeah. for another year afterwards. I apologized. I acknowledged it was very unprofessional. And we moved on. We're human. We make mistakes. And regularly talking about failure is a great way of destigmatizing it. It's a great way of letting people know it's okay to make mistakes. It's one of the reasons I wanted to have this as this question for you today, because you and I, we speak a lot on stage. We make mistakes. Someone brand new may fear making mistakes, so therefore might not start to begin with because of that fear. And that leads me into my next question and probably the most important one I wanted to ask you today. What is your number one tip for someone who wants to get started with public speaking? Where should they start? Don't freeze yourself. Don't freeze yourself. Don't get into analysis paralysis. You don't need to be fit to go to the gym. The only way to learn how to speak in public or how to give better presentations or how to get conferences or meetups is just doing it. Of course, there are many ways to do that. You can have one that you create the meetup yourself, invite some friends. You can be in a meetup. For instance, I created a meetup called Agile Speakers Lab. It's only for testing talks. If you feel like the famous meetups are maybe too big or you don't feel ready, that's okay. You can go to this gym and practice the muscles of communication and public speaking. But don't freeze yourself. It's not going to be like, I don't have the right topic yet. I'm not a good speaker yet. I still need to refine my session. That will go on for a while. And you are going to be putting that under the carpet. So if you really want to test, if you really want to give it a try and jump in, in the swimming pool, go for it. By the way, I, Chris mentioned also mentoring. That's something I'm doing. I don't want to do a shameless plug here, but it's a big pleasure of mine because I really see people from one point A, that's where we are today, to point B, where you want to be. 
And maybe B is you want to speak for the first time, or you want to be a better speaker, or you want to speak internationally, or you want to become a keynote who is paid for. Whatever is that point, I can help with it. Close the shameless plug. Um, but there are many other ways to do that. There are ways that you, you can try my, uh, the meetup. You can go to other meetups. Chris has also the virtually uh, agile meetup. Is, is it going to be called now continuous improvement meetup or is it going to continue? No, I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick with virtual agile for now. But it's, it's as you right. say, it's getting yourself out there and trying it amongst a smaller audience. What I often do before taking a, a new talk to a conference, an in-person conference, is I practice it at a meetup first. They say this yeah. all the time to people that want to speak for the first time. They say, hey, we're all very friendly here. You know, everyone's got your back. No one wants you to fail. And it's true. We're a very accepting community. It's very true. Mistakes happen. And a great way to get started is to get started. I think the biggest thing that holds people back is their own limiting beliefs their own self-talk that says, I can't do that, or I won't be good, or I'll make a mistake, or I'm not ready. One of the reasons why I don't prepare a huge amount for talks is because I consider them experiments. I will go in there and I will trust that I know enough about the topic to either add value or learn from that session and it'd be better next time. And that's why I don't over-prepare yeah. a session. I will, of course, have a, a clear structure in mind and I'll know the value I want people to take away and I'll always ensure that people have something actionable they can try, but I won't over-prepare it because it is an experiment. So I, I, I get it out there and then I learn from it and I see what works. And the ones that work really well are the ones that I take to conferences. Yeah. And there's a huge amount of resources out there that can help you get started. We've got, we've got meetups, we've got, there's a list that I've got of the Agile conferences globally, the dates they happen upon, they're categorized by region. Uh, that's a great starting point for anyone who wants to submit to Check in the description. Conference to Check in the description of this. Check in the description. I'll share, I'll share some resources, including links to the Agile Speakers Lab, the Virtually Agile Meetup, uh, the, the list of conferences, how you can have a chat with Arthur if you want to speak about his yeah. uh, offer to, to mentor and coach others in, in public speaking. But there's a lot of resources out there that can help you. And, and we have to see public speaking as any other skill. Maybe it's, it's more frightening than playing guitar because you can play guitar in the corner of your room and still kind of learn. But public speaking, guess what? The name is already, the, the answer is already in the question. You've got to be in the public, to, right? To speak. Of course, you can practice. You can do, uh, you can be in front of the mirror. You can record yourself. But the actual public speaking, you've got to be in public. But it's another skill like any other. And it's a, there are muscles that you haven't practiced yet, right? And when you go to the gym, ah, this one is hurting. It's not comfortable at all. Yeah, but it's part of it. It's part of making your body ready or, or being in good health. So you can play with your voice, with the gestures. I am Brazilian with my grand-grandfather was Italian. So you can see that I move a lot my hands and that might maybe change a little bit or distract people from the message. So it's something I'm working on for years that when you're going to speak with the gestures, you use like, that's why I started. And then I had this option here, but then I could see like, I could go to this path or I could take just a shortcut here. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to invent a third one. And you can also use your body walking on the stage with purpose and the voice and storytelling. Anyway, those are all muscles that we practice. And when you have them all in shape in a way, or you're keeping I don't think you can work out for two weeks and be okay, no? What do you think, Chris? Like, you work out for one year, beautiful, and then you stop working out. What is going to happen? You fall into bad habits. You get less healthy, less fit. It becomes harder to do that exercise again next time. It's like anything. Consistency. If you want an outcome, consistency is key. When, when you go yeah. to a personal trainer for the first time and say, hey, personal trainer, I want to look like you. The challenge is humans want the easy path. They want the, the short route, the quick, you know, I can, I can take a pill and I'll get that. It doesn't work that way. Same with public speaking. The answer to that question, I want to look like you, personal trainer, is, well, train for 10 years and eat right for 10 years. And yeah, you can look like me. And it's the same when it comes to public speaking. If you want to look like one of the professionals who are a keynote speaking, you've got to put in the, the work to get there. It doesn't happen overnight. 
It's something you practice over time and it's a skill that you develop. What I'd like to just touch upon yeah. before we close is what the benefits are. What can you expect from getting better at public speaking? How can it impact your career and other elements? What are your thoughts? Yeah. Just really a quick parenthesis on what you just said before. You want to look like you? Yeah, of course, it's a reference. And of course, we're going to have references as speakers. But be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. We can really learn from others things that we want to do, things that we want to get inspired on. Like, oh, I like the way he used the flip chart on that. Oh, I like the way they started them. Or things that you actually don't like. I didn't like that. It was too much movement. I didn't like that. The voice was always on that way. So we can learn and inspire by others. But be yourself. Find your way, your energy on the stage. But the best thing I've ever done, and maybe that's the tip number one, together with the number one. Oh my God, what, what is the number one? I don't know. Is that I, I'm myself. The same way that you see me here, and Chris might be able to confirm that, is the same way that I'm going to have a beer with you. And it's the same way that I'm with my family. And it's the same way that I'm with my friends from Brazil and here from Belgium. Because before I was wearing fancy shoes, fancy clothes, trying to be like a TED speaker and talking like that. And guess what? That sucked. Because I wasn't cracking jokes. And guess what? I like cracking jokes. And then I was there with these like uncomfortable clothes that I didn't like. My foot was hurting and I was pretending to be someone else. So the best thing I've ever done is like, I like music. I'm bringing a hobby to the stage. I'm telling personal stories and I'm using the body that way I normally would use without exaggeration and being an octopus. That's the best thing. So close the short parenthesis that was supposed to be short. Um, and then you asked, repeat again, please, the question. The benefits, the be the benefits of getting, Do you have time, Do you have time speaking. We, we can, we can, if we keep let's this somewhat time. snappy, and let's, let's, yeah, let's keep this somewhat snappy, just a, a quick, concise Arthur version with a minimal tangential storytelling Impossible. and, and Impossible. arms waving. Impossible. Impossible. Okay. Impossible. Give me what you got. Give me your best shot. All right. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. The main benefits of public speaking on your career and otherwise. You are practicing a skill that you're going to use everywhere else. It's communication. It's giving a message in an assertive way, giving a message in a clear way, keeping your audience engaged. So you're practicing something pretty cool already that you can use at work. Some people might get even a promotion because of that, because it's becoming to speak better or communicate better or just at home with friends. doesn't matter. Secondly, the community is ridiculously amazing. You can travel the world, meeting other people, other culture, languages, food. And then you connect with those people. And like I met Chris first in Vilnius last year. We are going to meet each other again in Vilnius. We met in Helsinki. Um, I think we're going to meet in Heartland. In, uh, in Heartland. It's a conference in, in Nebraska. In Nebraska. Yeah. And you find these buddies that are actually friends that you have throughout your career and can do other things together like this podcast. So it's incredible. I don't, I don't think... Uh, um, can become better than that. You are sharpening a very powerful skill, meeting other people, going to different cultures and countries, learning, and you learn a lot because guess what? You get the ticket for free if you are speaking, so you can go to the other conferences, great speakers, and connect with them. And some conferences, they even pay the ticket, some others the accommodation, some other both. And sometimes you get an extra fee if you are a keynote or if you go to other in, in, uh, in company. My goodness, it's, I'm passionate about that. I mean, I'm, I'm into this for the last nine years and I don't think I'm going to stop so soon. What about you, Chris? Can you tell us one or maybe add or main benefit there? I'd, I'd largely echo what you said. You're, you're practicing a skill that is so universally transferable to everything you do. So your ability to communicate with confidence, uh, confidence is a huge part. Confidently speaking in front of a crowd of people suggests you have authority, it suggests you know your shit and people trust you as a result. Mm. Uh, I, I often say, or I'm often increasingly saying, your net worth is not, your network, sorry, is not your net worth. Your community is your net worth. So what you've said there about the ability to travel the world, to, to meet new people, to experience different cultures, that's what makes it worthwhile for me because I love travel. I love being exposed to new ideas, new perspectives that challenge me 
because I can only perceive things through the lens of my own mental scheme and my background, my experiences. Those opportunities yeah. are so worthwhile. And if anything, public speaking, putting myself out there, building a network in that capacity has amplified my career, helped me in more ways than any training course, than any reading of a book has ever done. Because now I can say, hey folks, I'm gonna be in this country. And I get people messaging me months before I'm arriving saying, hey, do you wanna meet up? Do you wanna catch up? I can show you around. People offer me to stay at their houses. I'm not that I'm inviting anyone to do that, but it happens. It's just an amazing experience. I get friends, I get community, and it also benefits my career. So hugely worthwhile. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. And we'll have a beer when we next meet in Amsterdam, is it? Early October, you're gonna be having a few beers with me on my birthday? Uh, just two. To go crazy, two beers. Just, just, just two bits, two bits. All right, we'll keep it at a limit this time. We'll try to avoid falling off a table again like we did last time. <laughs> that was a drunken story well, well, at like well. 4 a.m. in the nightclub. <laughs> anyway, um, it's been, it's been I, a fun I don't speak English. Chat with I you. do not understand what you are saying. <laughs> yeah, he's not confirming that one. Uh, it's been great to chat with you about one of my favorite topics. Uh, Artur and I, as I mentioned, are going to be sick of one another by the end of the year because we're pretty much in the same conference in three different countries in the space of a few weeks. If you do want to share your own story, if you want to try public speaking, reach out to either my, myself or Arta. We've got meetups that will give you that opportunity. If you want to chat about agile topics, we're always looking for new guests to join us on the show. So don't hesitate to reach out. And of course, if you want these episodes, as soon as they land, tap the uh, subscribe button. Don't stop believing folks. Thanks again, Arta. Thank Cheers. you, Chris. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Cheers. You've just listened to another episode of the Virtually Agile podcast. Don't forget to check out www.thevirtualagilecoach.co.uk for one of the largest collections of free templates on the web on all things agile. If this show provided value, I'd love your support by following or subscribing on your platform of choice. See you folks next time.